Hello, welcome to Prince Track by Track. I'm your host, Darren, and today we're going to be talking about Pearls Before the Swine from One Night Alone, dot, dot, dot. Uh, and that is, of course, the letter B with the number four. Uh, recorded spring 2001 at Paisley Park and released on the 18th of September 2001 as part of the MPG, uh, I never know how to say this, Adio show? Um, <laughs> number eight. Um, and then obviously later collected on the album um, in, I think it was May 2002. Uh, on the track, it is just Prince. Uh, it is three minutes. And joining me to talk about today is Zachary Hoskins. So, Zachary. Hi. Now, in terms of like a genre, um, you know, as with the truth, I feel like, you know, I, I'm because Prince is just using one instrument for the whole album, it's a little harder sometimes to discern exactly what genre we're in because everything kind of just ends up sounding like a piano ballad. <laughs> Um, but this is, I feel like this is one of the lighter tracks that's on the album, like, and it's also one of the more structured, um, a lot of the other tracks, it just tends to be Prince kind of noodling about on a piano and then singing the title in the final couple of lines. And then that's the end of the song. Um, or as with the final track of the album, it's just, you know, Prince noodling about on a piano. (laughs) Right. So, but here it seems like he has an actual structure like this. Funnily enough, this feels like the most produced out of all the, the songs on this album. Um, you know, we have Prince doing a bit of percussion over the top. So, you know, unlike a lot of the other tracks where it's literally just piano, I mean, obviously the title of, of the album, the subtitle, should I say, is a lie when it just says, you know, piano, <laughs> piano on voice by Prince. It's, yes, there's it's, there's certainly there's definitely more. <laughs> yeah. there's And so he has this kind of like this not not like it's not like a, a drum kit or anything, but there's just a bit of percussion over the top of the piano. Um, and it's it, this feels like. You know, it's probably an older song that has been reworked for the piano, and there is a definite structure there. Like, this doesn't feel like some of the other tracks literally feel like Prince is just singing whatever's in his head, and then the song kind of finishes, and you know, then he picks a title out of that. Whereas this actually feels like he's he's structured it around something, you know, like it's not, there's not a verse chorus structure. Again, we're, we're kind of in the early, the late 90s, early 2000s, where Prince abandoned choruses, and I don't mm. know why. I, I, like it's just one of these weird things that I've noticed over the last kind of like thirty something tracks. Like he just gave up on choruses like after Emancipation. <laughs> like that seems like the last track where he had a big chorus, and then after that he's like, I, you know, he he, he swears off them like Metallica did for guitar solos on Saint Anger. Um, so he's just given up on choruses, and we we only get the title of the we get the title of the track like twice, I think, and it's it's always at the end of like you know one of these these kind of extended verses. Um, and it and so I don't know. I mean, like I, I don't know what you would call it in terms of like a genre. I mean, it it is kind of like a story song. Yeah. Um, but it. I mean, it's, of course, it's worth noting. You know, it came out one week after September 11th. I don't think that that was really influential on the actual lyrics of the song. I mean, Prince might have rewritten them a little bit. I don't know because you know there is a little kind of bit of that. You know, like where he says, you know. Uh, I mean, of course, there's a little bit of religious stuff in here. <laughs> he says, will we oh, say yeah. grace to the father, um, holding hands <laughs> or, or on our knees? Are we better off just fighting? Like, so that there feels like there's something that was, you know, in the zeitgeist kind of. Yeah, it could be a broader, like, political, you know, do we need, can, can, can we come together or are we going to stay divided? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, there is, there is kind of like a little bit of kind of, um, I don't know. To me, it feels like a, a tiny bit of a callback to Around the World in a Day, that kind of, you know, that kind of like a hippie music kind of stuff that Prince did back <laughs> then. So it like it just feels a little bit like that. Like maybe it's just the percussion is making making me kind of think of that. And, you know, knowing when it came out, you know, it kind of you can kind of maybe hear that in there a little bit. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just me. 
Um, right. You know, but yeah, so like I can't really pick a genre. I mean, I guess, you know, just piano ballad kind of fits with it, but the, 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 the subject matter doesn't really feel like there's nothing romantic going on here. It's just an appeal to... Um, to not cast the pearls before the swine, <laughs> um, you know, which of course is a biblical reference. So, you know, right. Prince, uh, you know, throwing that in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, like it's, it's really, it's really hard to kind of pick. I'm this, the same way. It, it is sort of, you know, I, I don't want to, it doesn't feel very soulful necessarily. It's kind of on, it's kind of on the poppier side in terms of, in terms of melody um, you know, one thing that's interesting is the the melody is basically he's he's singing the same line that he's playing on the on the piano. So there's you know there's there's like a it's 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 a pretty simple song, I guess is is what we can draw from that. Yeah, I mean that like if I mean whenever you uh, you know if you're a child and they teach you how to do songs, the first thing you do is basically sing what you're playing, don't you? So mm-hmm. it feels very kind of simple like that. Um, but yeah, and the thing is as well is the melody doesn't vary that much. Like, like every couple of lines just feels like him going back to the same melody and it kind of feels a little bit circular. Like you don't, you never really, we never really kind of progress past like the, the kind of opening three lines, like the kind of the, the way the melody is there. It just pretty much gets repeated for the entire song all the way up until the Mm -hmm. final line. Um, and uh, you know, like I mean, I, I'm not even sure where most of the lyrics fit with the idea of casting pearls before swine. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's yeah, I wasn't sure how to read this song. Um, you know, my I uh, full disclosure, I did not remember this song when I chose to talk about it um, on the podcast, and I chose it um, largely because I had the feeling from the title that it was going to be. A little bit bitchy, <laughs> uh, and it and it it. I think I do detect that there. I think you know this was a this was a low point of Prince's, uh, you know, mainstream popularity. But it was a time when he was making music that he was really passionate about, and I think you know I read some of the lyrics as being like, "I give you all this stuff, and you know, you're." it's not appreciated you know like if i leave my front door open would you come and visit me just to (laughs) slander my name (laughs) it's a it's a little bit of one of those billy jack bitch type songs that's like look at everything that i do and um you know you philistines don't appreciate it basically (laughs) yeah this this is my reward people not buying my album right (laughs) Um, just just at a point where prince obviously chose the most difficult distribution method possible right right um you know like (laughs) (laughs) so like and the thing is as well these songs are essentially only going out um you know like the mpg um audio shows however you're meant to print it. i mean i should just say radio show because i think that's what he's yeah meant. but yeah. you know prince is weird spelling um <laughs> you know those were those were kind of going out um you know like every, like he, he did quite a few of those but they were only going out to loyal fans right. who had paid a lot of money so to make a song that's like does anyone even really like me anymore yeah. <laughs> he's really preaching to the choir at this point yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's like Say so Prince, stop doing, you're like, like all these people are like, did I not just pay like twenty dollars for this nonsense? <laughs> like, it it just feels like he's really kind of attacking the fans. Obviously, you know, there's a song where that specifically happened, right? But yeah, not yeah, but we're kind of reaching the end of the MPG Music Club as well. Like, you know, One Night Alone, you know, that kind of would be the last thing that was branded for the, you know, the 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 kind of the the monthly stuff that came out from the MPG Music Club. 
Um, so, you know, I don't know, maybe Prince was kind of like all these years where he wished for this this way to get, you know, songs out as quickly as possible to the fans. And then he did it for about two years and he's like, I'm tired of this. Can I not just go back to releasing one album every year and just not having the pressure? So, yeah, it, it, I mean, I don't, like, yeah, you say, you know, like the kind of the just to slander my name, like in the second line, it's like, it's like. Okay, Prince. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, he's saying that I would pack my bags and leave. If if you, if you I did, would you remember me? Yeah. To, you know, feed the dove and clean the cage. Obviously, you know, a reference to, you know, the doves at, uh, at Paisley Park. Right. Um, you know, and never count in front of the children lest they die of old age. I, I mean, that's... That feels like there's some kind of biblical thing that he's probably talking about. Right. <laughs> that I don't... That I don't get. Um... But yeah, and, and like the, the kind of this this plea to you know, I don't really know why we have to go out separate ways. I mean, that does feel like Prince and the mainstream. Basically, it's like right, you know, and it's sort of interesting. This you know, this thing about inviting people into your home. You know, this is a time that he that he was inviting people in, <laughs> into his home. I think the yeah. the first celebration was back in two thousand. Um, there was the the xenophobia celebration in two thousand one. Um, this is a really interesting sort of um, sort of insular but also um, a, a really interesting kind of vulnerable time for Prince when he, he you know he was never uh, this accessible and this and this close and this open to his to his fans as th- then these couple of years in the early 2000s when his fans were kind of all he had at, the, at that point yeah I mean I mean I, I, I mean I can't remember how quickly he separated from Manuela but I, I mean, I don't think it was now because obviously this is two thousand one when this song came out. Right. We are, we are very kind of like that marriage did not last very long. <laughs> so I think it's it's funny because obviously you know once his second marriage kind of um, fell apart, then that's when he he literally turned back to the mainstream with musicology and was like right nakedly like this is the most commercial he's gonna ever be again. Um, you know, probably until the final kind of three or four albums. Um, you know, but yeah, I like. I don't know, like this kind of whole, you know, can I offer you baklava <laughs> or bagel with cream cheese? It's like he's like kind of like kind of coming to. The, like, it's almost like he is trying to kind of be the the stereotypical Jewish mother, being like, "Come on, just have something to eat," you know, like yeah. <laughs> come, come and there in is that the, there is kind of a biblical thing there. It, it feels it, I'm not a I don't know enough about uh, about the I'm not a biblical scholar, but it but it feels a little bit like. You know, like Jesus would wash people's feet, you know, that that kind of thing. It's, it's yeah. like he's he's accepting you. But there's also, you know, the, I, I, I it's hard to verbalize, but I I detect a little bit of like messianism there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I mean, like the idea as well of like, you know, baklava being, you know, like a, you know, a kind of a Middle Eastern food. You obviously bagels, right. you know, associated very right. closely with. Um, you know, with Judaism, like it does, it does feel like he's almost like I'm. You know, here is some food. You know, like that I'm giving you out of my fridge or whatever. You know, like <laughs> like mm-hmm. the, the I'm sure well stocked fridges of Paisley Park. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, you are correct because obviously this is also a time where you know, um, you know, obviously covering a lot of these tracks. When you look at the first and the last time they were performed, it's all at Paisley Park. Like right. he was, he had so many kind of concerts at Paisley Park where he was just performing. 
you know, tracks that were only off albums that were released at this time. I'm sure a lot of frustrated people turning up to yeah. Paisley Park and not hearing Purple Rain and kind of being yeah, like... Can we please just... Like, yeah, like, I travelled all the way out here to Shanhassen just to hear you not play Paisley, you know, not play Purple right. Rain. Like, So, yeah, it's this kind of weird frustration that he had of, like, having these, these you know, these fans and giving them all this material and then, you know, not performing the hits, basically, and kind of right. limiting himself in this weird way, which I can understand, you know, obviously, you know, at this point, he's more than 20 years into his career. I think he obviously wants he wants to perform the stuff that kind of is interesting to him. You know, you can't mm-hmm. force him to kind of turn into a, you know, a kind of, you know, an 80s tribute act, which is essentially what happened to, you know, if you think of, there are a number of bands, let's say, that are still big today, but they're only big because they just basically performed the hits from the eighties over and over again. Oh yeah. Like nonstop. Right. You know, they are basically elderly men walking around on stage <laughs> with hair, you know, yeah. well, I was going to say with big hair, but it's no longer big hair. It's with wigs, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. that they've, they've, they've turned into big hair and Prince never wanted to go down that route. And I can understand why, you know, like that is essentially, that is the death of the artist when you, you kind of turn into a nostalgia act, but at the same time, constantly attacking your fans <laughs> was, was never a good look. And it's just one of those weird things that he seemed to like i think after musicology it you know aside from of you know the one track it rarely happens again just this period of him kind of almost being stuck in paisley park performing for i don't know probably some of those people went to a number of those concerts so maybe he got sick of seeing the same faces you know week in week out at these concerts um you know so i, I again like i don't know what the significance of the pearls before the swine thing is you know um but like this idea of are we better off fighting you know um you know, what makes men claim that you're not a friend? You know, like, he, he seems to be having a lot of questions here. Um, you know, and of course, when he says, you know, they, they knock you down and then they lift you back up just to see you fall. Like, mm-hmm. that, you know, but like a bird, I'll keep on singing. You know, <laughs> like, he's <laughs> yeah. like, he's, de- he's determined, even if like, to me, I would say that whole knock you down and then see you fall. That feels like him talking about his deals with EMI and Arista where, right. you know, that he was obviously promised the world. And then both times they didn't deliver. So it's like, right. you know, okay, I went back to the record companies two more times after Warner Brothers and they still let me fall down. And like, what am I meant to do? You know, like just, but I, I, I mean, like the, there is a, maybe a little bit of sadness because this idea of like, you know, like a bird, I'll keep on singing. I mean, most bird song is, it's to attract mates. It's not, it's not mm-hmm. they're not, they're not doing it for their health. Um, you know, the dawn, the dawn chorus isn't there to amuse you. It's there because they want to procreate and make more birds, like right. <laughs> that, so, so, so that's a kind of like sad image of Prince just sitting like in this gilded cage of Paisley Park, just singing songs that nobody's listening to, right? Like, like a dove, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a dove that no one's going to change the, uh, yeah. the paper for. <laughs> yeah. But it, but the thing is, like, and then he finishes saying, "If nothing else, you've taught me one thing: never cast your pearls before the swine." <laughs> so I don't know if at this point the swine are you know his fans that come to Paisley Park or the yeah. or you know the press or record labels or. Like, you know, who the swine is exactly that that kind of, you know, the verse from, you know, the the Bible where where that phrase comes from, which I'm sure people are familiar with the phrase, you know, pearls before swine, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is Matthew seven, six, um, you know, it's open to like a lot of interpretation. Um, you know, it's part of the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. And like the idea is like obviously swine, you know, particularly within, you know, Middle Eastern cultures. Not regarded as, um, you know, <laughs> not regarded with with high esteem. So, right. <laughs> calling someone swine was generally seen as like 
talk, you know, calling them the lowest, um, mm. you know. So I don't know, but people have kind of they like it's been interpreted many times over the last couple of thousand years, and no one's ever quite sure exactly what the sentiment was. Um, you know, the full kind of quote, um, you know, is I think I'll go with the King James version. Um, given given that which is holy unto the dogs. Neither cast your pearls before the swine, lest they trample them under feet and turn again and rend you. That's a warning not to, um, you know, drop things that the pigs are going to chase after because they'll knock you down and start eating you. Mm. Like, I, so I don't know how that that kind of that kind of works within this particular, um, you know, this song. Like, it's I don't know. I mean, maybe. Prince was just a big fan of the comic strip Pearls Before Swine. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You know, I would like to think of him each day, like kind of getting the paper and just kind of reading Pearls Before Swine and just being like, <laughs> I think I could, I think I could reinterpret this comic in another way. Let's turn it into a song. Let's just kind of, it's, it's just kind of, it's just kind of weird. It's, it's, it's just like, like I don't understand what Prince is exactly kind of trying to say. Um, aside from the fact that you know he's got a well-stocked fridge, and if people come to his house, then you know. <laughs> You can have so you can have a bagel with some cream. Yeah, if if nothing else, if you've ever wanted to hear Prince sing the words "bagel with cream cheese," yeah. this is this is your opportunity. So. <laughs> I'm so I'm surprised that there was like there was no one who turned that into like a jingle. By I'm sure <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there would be some kind of deli who'd be like, "Prince, can I give you like half a million? I want yeah. I want I want that thing where you talk about bagels with cream cheese." Um, but yeah, I don't like. Um, it's it's weird because obviously you know this song in effect came out before uh, Rainbow Children, <laughs> right? Which came out a month after this, but then it didn't appear on an album until like you know May two thousand two. Which again, that is testament to the fact that at this time Prince was putting out a lot of music. You know, the gap between Rainbow Children and One Night Alone is only like six months. So mm. you know he he like it, like this this does feel like it's a time where Prince is you know putting out tons of music. Um, you know, and he performed it in concert on the the twenty third of June two thousand two, at Paisley Park. Unsurprisingly, mm. um, and then apparently there was like a, a musical interlude of it that was performed in two thousand two, where it was, it was part of a, med, a medley, but Prince was not involved, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and that was in Belgium. So, like, not really a song that Prince performed that you know live that many times, which I think is a pity because I think you know on the you know piano and microphone tour, this probably would have been a really good song to kind of. Um, uh, you know, bring back. Hmm, um, yeah. But I don't, like, I, again, I think, I think maybe it, it's only worth noting because, you know, it was the only kind of um, new song that Prince performed at the, at, at, you know, the MPG radio show number eight, which was one week after September 11th. So, you know, I, I guess maybe like it, it's notable for that, but otherwise I would say for me, it's probably like a three out of five. Like it's not hugely memorable. Um, but you know, like we say, there's a couple of like interesting turns of phrase in there. Uh, but again, it does, it does feel like one of these songs where, you know, the kind of the bitterness of, of like that kind of pervades through, you know, the kind of, um, the last couple of albums that Prince has done, it's still kind of here. Like <laughs> one night alone sounds right. slightly more upbeat because it's mostly right. on piano. But, you know, and obviously the next two albums that come out after this are just musical. Like, there's no, they're just instrumentals, there's no vocals. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of the last, this album is the last kind of bit of bitterness that Prince probably had with regards to, you know, his his previous marriage. Kind of still still in there a little bit. Yeah, Um, yeah. You know, 
and and I guess some of that is being directed towards his fans. So. <laughs> he was um, yeah, he was going through a rough a rough time late late nineties, early two thousands. So um, but but he's coming out of it, and you know maybe that's part of why the song um sounds a little more upbeat than its lyrics would uh have you describe. You know, there's almost this like nursery rhymeish quality to it. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say I I think probably my I would give it a between a two and a three, which I know we can't technically do. So maybe I'll go down to a two. Um, it's not, you know, it's not a terrible song, um, but it's also not a song that leaves a huge impression on me. Um, I think if I was listening to one night alone, I would not skip it, but, um, but I don't think I would, uh, I would go out of my way to listen to pearls before swine again. Um, and you know, perhaps the song itself is is pearls before swine, swine being me. So uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm willing to accept that if that's if that's the case. Like I said, you know, like the, there is this kind of melancholy that kind of I mean, you know, rave felt a little bit like a kind of it just didn't feel like Prince's heart was in that album. And yeah, then, you know, Rainbow it felt like Children. he was trying to to have a lot of fun, but he yeah, and like... it just it just didn't kind of work. <laughs> and then you know. With Rainbow Children, you did have that kind of, even though it's like it's basically a completely different direction right. for Prince, you know, mostly down to John Blackwell's influence, I feel. Um, it still had that kind of melancholy. And I think we still have that here. You know, it doesn't feel like Prince is completely over this. And I, you know, I think it basically takes like two <laughs> instrumental jazz albums for Prince to finally kind of realize that right. he's he's kind of heading into a dead end and he needs to kind of, you know, bring himself back around commercially. Um, and right. he, well, we all we all mourn in different ways. So, yeah. So <laughs> some of us some of us record smooth jazz albums. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like we said about as much as we can about pearls before the swine, uh, the song, not the element from the Bible. Um, right. You know, which I'm sure people will be debating for years to come. Uh, so is there anything that you wish to plug, Zach? Sure. So I have uh, a blog where I am also going through Prince's catalog in chronological order, um, albeit much more slowly than than you are. You can check that out, however, at PrinceSongs.org. It's called Dance, Music, Sex, Romance. And um, I also have a magazine. Uh, first issue was about Prince, has a lot of great art and writing from around the internet about all different kinds of things prints related it's a um you know I'm, I'm i'm very proud of how it came out so you can find that it's called dystopian dance party you can either search dystopian dance party on blurb.com or you can go to dystopian dance party.com and you can find us on facebook at prince track by track or on twitter at prince podcast or you can email us not sure why you would at prince track by track at gmail.com thanks once more for being my guest here zach thank you for having me and otherwise goodbye goodbye